0: This podcast is supported by Domestic Beast, offering stylish collars, nap-tested dog beds, tasty dog treats, and dog dishes even you'd eat out of. Browse a wide selection of hand-picked products at domesticbeast.com. Welcome once again to Unprofessional. I am, as almost always, Lex Friedman and joined by your friend and mine, Dave Wiskus. Hello. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm great, Lex. How are you? I'm fine. And uh, I'll tell you, actually, the truth is I'm more than fine, because we are joined by the exquisitely special guest today, Marco Armand. Hi, Marco. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Exquisitely what? special.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a strong recommendation right there.
2: Exquisite. That uh, might be the highest honors Lex has ever given out. I'm a major Marco fan. It's,
0: this is pretty much going to be as embarrassing for me as the, uh, as the Jonathan Colton episode. Are you going to call him daddy? I mean, I love all of our guests, but I mean, I don't know. I think Marco's great. Marco, tell the people, I mean, not that anybody who listens to the show doesn't know who you are, but tell the people what you do.
1: Um, I sit in my house all day <laughs> and That's, I type like in me. front of my computer and then occasionally money gets deposited into my bank account as a result of whatever I typed. And then I sit here and, you know, spend it on Amazon, so I don't really ever see the money. And then boxes (laughs) show up at my house with things like uh, new gadgets and uh, dog food.
0: It's It's a pretty nice life.
1: It's kind of strange, honestly. Um, The way you describe it sounds an awful lot like my life. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. I mean, I think we all kind of do similar things, right? Right. Although we can't really talk about what Lex does.
2: (laughs) I mean, we can say that I write for Macworld. We just can't talk about... I'm sure Jason would be okay with people saying, with you saying that you write for MacWorld. Right? I don't think I don't think that's a problem. Well, I don't, don't, don't want to take any world. risks
1: because <laughs> it would really suck to be like the last guest on the show, the episode that you got fired for. <laughs>
0: Like I, um, that. I, I th- I'd like to imagine now, because this comes up so often, I like to imagine Jason listening to each episode, because you know he's a regular <laughs> listener, and just chuckling the whole time, like, <laughs> I'm going to fire him soon, the hammer's coming down, I, I, just, I, I can picture him laughing along and thinking, one day I really am going to fire him. Do you think he's keeping some kind of score? Uh, it would not surprise me if there were a tally
2: in some kind of numbers spreadsheet, He's got a, an old-timey chalkboard sitting next to his desk, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> Hash marks on. <laughs> now, right before we started recording, Marco was making reference to uh an earlier episode of the show, one with uh Federico Vettici. See, my Italian's really improving. Uh where Dave and I acknowledged that we are not fans of coffee. And anyone who has ever read anything that Marco has written, even if it's, you know, code, probably can Infer Marco's great love of coffee. So Marco, tell, explain your beef with us.
1: Well, first of all, I I thought it was hilarious that Lex, when you were describing uh, to Federico how you stocked up for Hurricane Sandy, that you you said quote you needed some grown up beverages and you chose Diet Coke <laughs> to be your grown up. But you you stocked up on a, a large quantity,
0: apparently a large quantity of Diet Coke for the adults. <laughs> He's
1: a Is man's that right? Man. <laughs> well,
0: so. <laughs> my wife had seltzer. She drinks seltzer. And
2: I. Whoa, just wanted- whoa, whoa, when you say seltzer, I want to be clear here. You just mean water with bubbles in it, right? Yes. Okay. And you sometimes flavored, you know, like the lime flavored seltzer or whatever. Sure. Sure. I think the, uh, the appliance in my home that gets used the most is my soda stream. So I'm not judging. I just want to be clear right. because sometimes people say these words and they don't always mean the same. thing. We keep thinking about getting a soda stream,
0: but then we end up, we, we, we keep feeling that it, it, it can't actually pay for itself, but maybe we're
2: wrong. Oh, but- you're wrong. If you if you don't have like a job that you go to, and you're always at home, yeah. as much as you end up drinking, it's, it's worth it. All the right, biggest well, thing
1: too, like if it's really good. I mean, I don't think you, well. You, you, you live in a regular house, right? Not an
0: apartment, Lex? Right. I, I'm in a house.
1: Right. So if you live in an apartment, it's probably especially good because carrying up large quantities of liquid for that you've bought in the store really <laughs> sucks from an, <laughs> an apartment. So That's true. You know, having, especially if you walk upstairs. But either way, like if you're carrying it from the car to any kind of apartment, it's pretty inconvenient to have to. Or if you're walking to and from the store, which is even worse, uh, you don't want to be carrying around like three gallons of water <laughs> right away you know so it's great for that but no it's it's one of those gadgets where it's never going to pay for itself you know you you have to rationalize and you have to, you have to say oh well i really you know you the goal here is you want to convince yourself to buy one so then you you want to rationalize uh, oh well how how can i justify buying this thing that i just want so you're saying oh am i might be able to save money or something and the reality is you won't save any money in all likelihood unless you're drinking a lot of seltzer like a merlin man level of seltzer but if you're drinking anything less than that, you know, you're not saving any money. It's just cool.
2: I have to replace my CO2 tank uh, once a week. That's how often I'm wow. drinking water. Yeah, I drink a lot.
1: So, and how wow. much does it cost to get that refilled? I've, I've, I bought two and I haven't actually refilled uh, them both yet. Uh, it's 15 I think. So, so I'm you're spending, spending $15 a week plus water on seltzer. Right. Well, the water is effectively free. Right.
2: Man, that's a lot. That's a lot of CO2. So 60 bucks a month wow
0: and i'm I'm looking at the uh a soda stream on amazon right now and it's 80 bucks yeah that's the cheapest part wow yeah i'll have to keep thinking about it
1: isn't there i think there's a cheaper one like and there's they don't make it easy they have like a million of them there and there's like a penguin one and one with a glass right. thing and one with all plastic right. thing and and the th- like when, when you get it you realize that everything you thought looked like metal is all plastic and <laughs> it's it's really it's not a very well-made device um, but you like but no but
2: it, it puts bubbles in my water and that's, that's what right I care it about. works
1: like there's no it's a very simple device it's literally just like a thing that holds a co2 canister with a valve and a nozzle that's it there's it doesn't use power it, like there's nothing else to it
2: it comes with very clear instructions too that you should only use it to carbonate water <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> There's this picture on Amazon, one of these customer images, where they have this gigantic, you know, like industrial size CO2 tank. That's not what you're normally doing. <laughs> no. I should. <laughs> Don't tell Merlin that you can do that. <laughs> It'd be cheaper. It's It's pretty funny. But so anyway, to your original point, yeah. I mean... I just I I was we had stocked up on water for the family and then I was thinking well what if we're without water for two weeks and none of the stores have it and there's rioting at the supermarkets I should get (laughs) something else that I can drink so I don't have to drink the kids water supply and I turned to Diet Coke when you, you were thinking that for an adult beverage that I should have gone to alcohol is that what I'm hearing well that's just the
1: I think Diet Coke would be the last thing I would choose I mean of all the I mean an adult beverage. First of all, it kind of implies alcohol, you know, and, and you can right. do that or not. That's, but you know, maybe coffee. You know, coffee would also be considered an adult beverage. You know, it's things that generally, as a kid, you either aren't allowed to have or you really shouldn't have. Uh, so, and and usually there's some sense of of maybe um, indulgence there, right? And so, if even if you're gonna pick soda, to pick a diet soda,
0: even ruins that. So, what's, I mean, what's funny is, I, like I had said on the Vitici episode, I stopped drinking soda in the house ever. Like I, I might get a soda in a restaurant on occasion, but I had mostly given it up for a variety of reasons. So, for me, it was totally an indulgence to say, I'm going to buy 40 cans of Coke <laughs> in these two gigantic cases. I don't know. It was, for me, it was very exciting since we never have it in the house. And now I've had literally had one every day since Hurricane Sandy. <laughs> one? One every day? Just one i'm not crazy
2: i've worked in offices where they would stock the fridge with sodas and people would drink like four or five uh before going to lunch
0: yes that was that was me of the past
1: a little scary to watch that too like like if it's like your desk neighbor and because like i never drink soda either i I drank a little bit in high school here and there but i never really drank it after that and uh so for me now like if i ever have a soda somewhere i'm i'm like shocked by how sugary it is and just like i really don't want to finish it <laughs> it's really kind of feel like i kind of feel terrible afterwards yeah, and I, so I, being having like that—that that such, such a low tolerance for you know extremely sugary drinks. Watching like watching how much other people drink it, I really don't know how they do it. I, I honestly like I don't know how it's
2: even possible. I think it's an acclimation thing. Yeah, I used to drink soda and I never noticed how sugary it was. Now if I try, it's I'm, I'm like you. It just it, it feels like I'm drinking straight syrup. But if I drink carbonated water with uh, some lime squeezed into it, that's that's all the flavor I can handle
0: right like i'm i'm de- i definitely can't handle a full sugary soda at this point i switched to diet soda i guess when i was at a job where they had the unlimited soda and i just was thinking about the quantity of sugar i was taking in and i think you know i had started using um the hacker's diet uh yeah, counting. yeah. so where i was just counting calories and i was like man i can get a ton of extra calories if i switch to diet coke um and i hated diet coke i just thought it was awful and now i cannot drink regular coke and i'm a big fan of the flavor diet coke and i'm one of those guys who if i if i order a diet coke at a restaurant i get like six seven eight refills because i just i i have a a bizarre ability to uh guzzle a whole lot of it (laughs) (laughs) dave you're horrible (laughs) um but I'm saving but, that sound clip for later. Enjoy. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, it really, it truly was an indulgence, but I have to tell you that coffee did not cross uh, our minds at all, because my wife doesn't drink it, and I don't drink it. So you said you drank soda in, in when you were in junior high school or high school or whatever. When did you start drinking coffee? I feel like nobody's in the position of, I don't drink coffee, I crave it, and I must have it. You have to work your way up to it, I feel like.
1: Right, and and I, 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 I haven't decided yet whether this is a good thing or not. I didn't actually start drinking coffee until... After I graduated from college and had a full time job, okay, and which is late for you most wait until you
2: were a responsible adult,
1: right? Like I think most, I, I would assume most people <laughs> who were going to drink coffee probably started in college, and some some people even started in high school. Um, and I, I wonder whether it was better or worse for me that I didn't have coffee in my arsenal of things I could use, and you know knew how to uh, how to operate properly to, to my benefit in college and high school. I mean, I was a terrible student and I slept through all my classes anyway, but, you know, it (laughs) might have helped that. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I started in college. I mean, sorry, I started right after college and, uh, you know, I started out the way probably most people are introduced to it, which is there's a big drip coffee maker over there and I'm tired. And so I guess I'll try this thing. Everyone else seems to drink it and seems to not make a very big deal out of it. You know, wonder what it's like. So I went and tried it and you know, slowly got into it and, you know, cause it, coffee is like a, it's a uh, vicious cycle. You know, you drink coffee to keep yourself awake during some part where you're tired, whether it's, you know, first thing in the morning or in like the mid afternoon after lunch, you had some big sandwich and you're crashing. And, and so you drink coffee then, and then you don't sleep very well that night. So then the next morning you really feel like crap because you didn't sleep very well and <laughs> you've got to get some coffee. <laughs> so, and you know, the cycle repeats, um, so once you once you start drinking coffee, psychologically it's kind of hard to break that. Physically, it's it isn't a very strong physical addiction. Um, you know, you might get like a little headache if if you had coffee for a long time every day and then you stop cold turkey, you know, you might you might get a headache once or twice. But it isn't that much of a physical addiction. It's more like a like a, a mental addiction of like, you know, I I can just have some coffee. It's not that big of a deal. I it's not like it's not doing a whole lot. It's not like a really severe drug or anything like it's, it has a very minor effect. So why not drink coffee? Like why stop? And I can stop whenever I want, you know, that.
0: (laughs) but I like the part where coffee is a gateway drug to more coffee.
1: Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. You know, just the the nature of its effect. So,
0: uh, what else did you
1: experiment with in college? (laughs) (laughs) Not much. Honestly, I, (laughs) I, I really, I, I, as far as like experimenting with uh, anything fun or illegal or, you know, rock and roll, I, I really, I really did, not, did not do much at all. I was really quite boring. And, Got uh, really
2: into Fractals. <laughs> Dungeon and Dragons. I
0: experimented with Linux for a while. <laughs> uh, was that yeah, you say we it? all go through one of those phases. Yeah, I was a Linux guy for like 10 years. Marco was a Windows guy.
1: I was. Oh. I know that's, oh. that's kind of sacrilege around here. I,
0: know, I was, I I was a window's apologist. Poly. I think it's I think it's amazing. We're uh we're into dangerous territory here. Though. I know. I know, but I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> Sorry, Lex. <laughs> still thinking so, about it. Now, did was there a time though like when you first started it where you were like, "Man, this tastes awful," or were did windows? you just ply <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um
0: but w- would you dump in sugar and milk into your windows and into your coffee? Yes, to- exactly. Like and that's yeah. how,
1: you know, it starts out. You know, the first time somebody drinks coffee, first of all, it probably isn't very good coffee because it probably is out of some coffee maker that's in an office or in your parents' house or something, you know. And and, and so or you know, out of a machine out of a 7-11 or something like that. So, the first time you have coffee, generally speaking, it tastes like crap. And you know, okay, well, there's next to every single coffee maker in the world that's not in my house, there's a big pile of milk and sugar. And so, okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to put these things in it everyone else seems to. That's right. Uh, so, that's what I started doing. You know, I started, you know, having half and half in sugar and then like just kind of slowly started reducing it. And, you know, you know, first I would eliminate all the sugar and, you know, first from, from two packets down to one packet, then no sugar anymore, but still having some milk. And then down to, oh, I'll only have milk if it's certain coffees or certain types of coffee down to, uh, I'm just going to drink black now. And in fact, part of it was uh, the calorie counting. You know, I, I, I did that a couple of years back, too. And it uh, worked very well for me. And so now whenever I want to lose weight, I, I just do calorie counting for you know a few months and, and drop some weight. Um, but one of the things that it does is, as you kind of alluded to, calorie counting really kind of teaches you a lesson about calories that are worth it or not. And one of the easiest ways to cut out calories for calorie counting is to cut out dairy and oil from almost everything that you can. It just makes such a huge difference. So that was part of it too. Like, you know, drinking calories is is one of the least satisfying ways to to consume calories
0: <laughs> and uh, I, I'm with you on like ninety percent of that, but for me, every time I've counted calories, I certainly found that you know some were more valuable or more worth it than others, and that I didn't want to drink calories was was definite but I never go the route of eliminating oil and dairy i you know when I first was you know learned about calorie counting and they talked about how you know you can get your calories for the day from uh from salads or from donuts i was like okay i'll get them from donuts then (laughs) (laughs) I i mean i don't eat terribly when i'm counting and you know i started 2012 at like 217 and i'm gonna end it probably around 191 192 because i just decided i was tired of weighing over 200 pounds i mean i'm a tall guy but still over 200 felt like way too high to me um and i definitely at no point was willing to cut out desserts or other or certainly dairy because i do eat a lot of dairy but i i just had the number that i was aiming for each day and said you know, I would I would make judgment calls based on how many calories it was. But, you know, even if it meant that I could only have half of a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup that day, I, I wasn't going <laughs> to deny myself. I just was going to, you know, whatever the oh, calories wow. came from, I was going to add them
2: up. I will. I, uh, the, the best diet I've ever used was smoking. Chain smoke instead of eating. That worked great. You end up not eating a lot. I actually found, not
1: not quite as damaging, but I actually found like, you know, whenever, whenever you're in a calorie counting diet, um... The, the biggest problem is okay it's eight o'clock at night i've had dinner already but now i'm hungry again what do i do right. you know, like, like that getting like getting from dinner to bed like spanning that time is, is probably is for me that was that was always the biggest challenge and i found amazingly that you know usually i'd have like you know in my calorie budget for the day i would have a few hundred left because so i would always try to like under budget a lot like have a lot have a lot left over Because I hate dieting. I wanted to go faster. (laughs) So I'd have like a few hundred calories left. And, you know, there's a few things you can do with that. You can have like, you know, one little tiny dessert, like a a small piece of cake or something like that. Or you can have like, you know, like a half cup of cashews. Or I discovered you can have a beer. And for me, having that, the beer was by far the most effective choice I could make at that situation that would not have too many calories, but keep me not having to eat for the rest of the night. Keep me, you know, not full, but satisfied.
0: That's
2: way more fun than what I do. <laughs> Beer is a great example because in my mind, when I'm trying to lose weight, uh, and, and I feel like I'm always in a state of trying to lose weight, there it seems like there's so many more things than just calories that matter. There's things like uh, the way carbohydrates get uh, turned into sugar. Uh, there, uh, I'm not like an anti-carb Atkins or paleo sort of person but i try to think about more than just is this going to make me fat questions like uh instead of drinking soda if i'm drinking diet soda is there going to be like aspartame or something that's going to give me cancer right, right. aids or herpes or whatever that, that shit gives you i think it's all of those things sure cancer herpes
0: right <laughs> Mm. See, for, the thing that i do is um i mean first i have a rule that for uh, not just for dieting just because i find that it helps me digest better overnight i try not to eat after around eight thirty p.m any night um so that helps because if i have that rule and i'm able to stick to it then even if i get hungry then i'm you know i know i'm i can resist temptation because it's my rule for every night but then beyond that I have found that uh, ice really helps me in that 8 to 11 range before I'm ready to go to sleep, avoid eating something else. Ice. I'm an ice guy now. I I didn't do that for my whole life, but in the past couple of years, I found that if I fill up my water glass like halfway with ice first from the fridge and then can suck on those cubes for a while, (laughs) or I'm also a pretty bad ice chewer, which they say means all kinds of subconscious horrible things, but anyway, I don't know. They also
2: say it gives you gas. Ice uh, is that true? Uh, Chewing I, on ice. I haven't noticed that. You haven't noticed. Are you? Are you? I, I'm not going to ask that. that <laughs> really I'm going to ask sense. that. Are you a naturally gassy person? I, I think I'm probably
0: average, typical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean I'm I'm a I'm a big ice consumer, and I find that it's you know at least a surprising portion, I think, of our need to eat and that desire and stuff is. Just about the the process. And if you don't think about it too much, you just have the <laughs> ice in your mouth. It's like, okay, my mouth is working on imbibing something. And you just got to put something in your mouth not
1: think about it too much.
0: <laughs> Advice I give all the time. Right. But you know what I use for that is nuts. <laughs> it's terrific. i got a, a Planter's Honey Roasted Peanuts right here. I do have to say, though, that pistachios are far and away the world's best nut.
1: Well, what's really? great about them, too, like if, for dieting purposes. By the way, Lex, thank you for your tip about... Being able to open a a uh, improperly cracked pistachio with, with another pistachio shell—it's amazing.
0: <laughs> Once you discover it, there is no going back.
1: That really is amazing. Like I would always like I would look for a fork or something. No, that's that's perfect. Um, the thing with pistachios—it's great, especially for calorie purposes. You got to work to get them, to get at them. You know, like yes, you can't just grab a handful and shove <laughs> it in your mouth. You got to like really like you know each one is like a little process that you have to okay snap figure out where to put the shells and. And And the fact that it it. takes
0: a
2: while to set up and then to eat, it's, I think it's good because it slows down the whole process. (laughs) All right. So let's go back to coffee for a second, because I want to explain why I hate coffee. (laughs) Sure. Please do. Because I, I, I feel like this is going to be a point of contention and we should just get it out of the way. Coffee. Uh, we'll, we'll set aside the caffeine factor for just a second, but I'll get to that. The, the flavor of coffee, it's, it's so inconsistent. You can go to, you can go to Starbucks and that always tastes like Starbucks, but even then it's, uh, I don't know. There's like a variance that just is beyond my tolerance. And there's other factors like the milk and you put syrup in it and you, and do you get like a fancy latte or do you just get straight coffee and straight coffee to me? I love the smell of coffee being brewed, but to drink it is, I don't know why the smell and the flavor don't line up. If they well, line, if it tasted the way it smelled, I would drink coffee nonstop. Yeah, but it doesn't it Tastes like battery acid.
1: Well, right. Okay. So the inconsistency <laughs> is a very valid point that, You know, no matter where you get coffee, even when I brew coffee myself, between every roast or between just slight variations in how I did it that day, it tastes different. And that is certainly a challenge of any coffee drinker is to repeat the good ones and avoid the bad ones. But, you know, saying that you don't drink coffee because it's so inconsistent is like saying that, like, oh, I'll never eat a hamburger because so many places serve bad hamburgers.
2: Well, yeah, but even a bad hamburger is still a hamburger. Well, bad coffee still gets you jazzed up. God, this, you... this argument is amazing right now because I was like, oh, Marco totally got
0: him. Uh, you'd, be, there are bad hamburgers. There so many hamburgers. And then Dave's all <laughs> like, well, even a bad hamburger is still hammering. I'm like, he's totally right, too. I'm totally <laughs> – I'm swayable. You guys can – somebody can win this for me.
1: It is possible to get good coffee. Now, it isn't necessarily always easy. Um, oh, I've
2: had – I've definitely had good coffee, and I enjoy good coffee. But uh, by and large, I just stay away from coffee in general.
1: I mean, really, if you – you know, your other – the variables that you are having to just decide whether to put in syrup or whatever – if you just say I drink black coffee, like if that's just how you decide to do it, all those decisions go
2: away. That's uh that's very pragmatic.
1: It's very freeing. It's like okay, well now you have to find good black coffee. It's one variable. You know, like you don't have to say, well, I like this place over here because they have a decent espresso milkshake, but this place over here has pumpkin <laughs> spice syrup and, you know, like there's there's so many more variables there that you add to these drinks when all these places try to try to charge you $4 for what should cost $2 or $1. Um, they got to figure out how to do that. And, and most people don't like the flavor of bad coffee, although I can't blame them. I don't like the flavor of bad coffee either. But you know, when you go to a place like Starbucks or something, they have this ridiculously bitter, strong brewed coffee because they know people are going to dump a whole bunch of sugar and milk into it. So it has to still, still taste like something after all that. So they make this ridiculously bitter, horrible coffee As a starting point, knowing it's going to be messed with.
0: So are you in the Hmm. unique position then of being a person who loves coffee and because of that, you can only have it at home because you're the one who makes it right and so many other places screw it up?
1: Pretty much. I'm the (laughs) asshole who brings my own coffee stuff to Thanksgiving at my family's house.
2: Wow. (laughs) That's hardcore. That's cool. I made a similar decision with water. That's why I drink uh, uh, seltzer water, sparkling water. You bring your own water places? Well, uh, sometimes. Actually, yeah, sometimes I will because not everybody has a soda stream. Uh, when I was living in Europe, they, they they every restaurant, they'll bring you, if you say water, they bring you sparkling water. Uh, and so I just kind of got into the habit of, oh, you know what, I've always hated this, but I kind of got used to it. And then it became, you know what, this is my drink. I'm going to own this. it's it's There's like no downside health-wise to drinking sparkling water and, uh, instead of regular water. You know, I'm, it, I'm told that the carbonation in it gives you gas. Uh, yeah, but uh, not <laughs> it, in the upward
0: direction. <laughs> right. I uh, I had to force myself when I decided I, was, I needed to drink less soda because, I, I mean, when the Diet Coke was free at work at an, at an internet company in the early 2000s, I was just drinking tons of it. And when I decided that I was going to wean myself off and switch to water, that, was, that took some doing. For me, it was probably 10 to 12 months before I could drink water without hating every second of it. Because I just felt like it was so i don't i guess boring is the best adjective, but i just, it it really was a chore for me, and it would take me forever to finish a glass and now mostly because I'm afraid of kidney stones and drinking can help, I drink water just constantly it's the the biggest downside to the treadmill desk is how many times a day I have to stop it to go refill my glass of water and to pee of course that was my right.
1: problem like when i when I did the stand a few years ago I had a a back problem, so I had to stand up for a while at work. And so I, I built a standing desk, you know, nothing fancy at the time. I, I literally just like the office had a bunch of IKEA bookshelves and yep. a whole bunch of free Coke cans. And so I, I learned that with some experimentation that the, the wide shelf from an IKEA bookshelf uh, with two six packs stacked under each end <laughs> is the perfect height for a standing desk for the keyboard and monitor. Hmm. And so I had, there's a picture on Flickr of this somewhere. Um, I had uh, something like 50 cans of of soda on my desk for like three years at work um, just holding up these three big bookshelf planks i had a a huge monitor on one a huge monitor on another and then the keyboard and mouse on the third up front and it actually made the perfect standing desk like for my height it was the exact right angle and full soda cans in a six-pack arrangement are actually pretty sturdy you know it it held all the weight just fine and uh, it was a nice talking point for everyone who ever came into the office,
2: right. So I got a question. This is, uh, you you built your own standing desk out of empty soda cans. Full soda cans. Everyone always a asks full, if they were empty. Full soda cans. Right, because they, they, okay. they're much stronger well, when they're full. My, clear, well, that that completely destroys my thing. No, so uh, full soda cans. You made a, a desk out of soda cans, uh, and you bring your own coffee stuff for Thanksgiving. Are you still using Linux? <laughs> <laughs> I do on the servers. That's
1: something. <laughs> I don't have the patience okay, to using it on the desktop though, man, that is, Oh God, That that's, yeah. you, you got to be a certain kind of person that I really am not. And I, I think patience really is the biggest thing it requires. And, and there, but, there's a time and a place for that. And that's called college. And, and right, <laughs> you know, once you're out of college, like the amount of patience that like it, for me, when I, I switched to the Mac right after I left college, right before I got my real job. And, and the reason, the main reason why is because I, I want a nice laptop, but, um, You know, what I I discovered very quickly afterwards and what made me stop using my Windows PCs entirely uh, was, you know, and I I built these PCs. I I had my own custom heat sinks that would be super quiet and all sorts of crap. And, uh, you know, what made me stop using it was I'd get home from work every day from my first full-time job. And the last thing I'd want to do would be to mess with stuff on my computer. Like, I wanted to use my computer, but I didn't want to, like, be fucking with it all night. Right. You know, like that—that that was the last thing I wanted to do. So that's that. I just over the course of a few months just stopped using the PC and just used my
2: my Mac laptop full time. Yeah, I did the same thing. All right. So switching back to caffeine, I, I never had to lose computer, this thread. so we say, okay, you okay. Know, Fuck you, Lex. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> One of <fine>. <laughs> those.
1: <laughs> I like this band before it was cool.
0: <laughs> that's right. You haven't even heard of their first four albums. He is such a hipster, isn't he? We, well, I, I did have, I know you want to talk about caffeine, but we, we had like, uh we had a Commodore 64 and we had a K-Pro and we had a TRS-80. I learned to program on the Commodore 64 and then on the on the K-Pro. And then we had an Apple. You getting this, Jason? Yes. And then we had an Apple 2C. <laughs> and then our first Mac, I think, was a Mac LC. Um, and that was it. My parents asked us do, they want us, do we want them to get a Windows computer or a Mac? And I had gone to nerdy summer camp where they had all Macs. So I voted Mac and I was the only person who cast a vote. And so I won. <laughs> wow.
2: So back to caffeine. Back to caffeine. I don't know if I... I don't even know what I was going to say about that. <laughs> uh, oh, no. The uh, Okay. So caffeine. Caffeine makes me ill. Violently ill. Like turns my insides into a ride at a water park ill. Wow. I didn't realize this until years after I had been drinking coffee every day. And I thought that, like, I was just sick all the time. Might you have been drinking (laughs) too much of it? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, And it was a combination of things. It was because I would drink these giant lattes. And it turns out two things. One is uh, my body and caffeine do not get along. And two, I'm lactose intolerant. Oh,
0: man. That's that's not a
2: good combination. (laughs)
0: Now, are you... uh, I feel like I should already know this answer, Marco. But do you drink... Do you care about caffeine versus non? Is there a flavor difference from your perspective, or is it just whatever's appropriate for the day? Um,
1: without getting into too much boring detail, there actually is effectively... The is all about
2: boring detail.
0: That's
1: true. <laughs> there actually is effectively a flavor difference because like, the process of decaffeinating beans, there's a whole bunch of ways you can do it, but most of them involve like putting it in some kind of solvent and letting the beans sit there and leak some stuff out for a while and something like that. So I've never found a decaf that I liked. Like, I've tried, I've even tried roasting my own, which was a horrible disaster. Um, I've never found a decaf bean that I liked nearly as much as a good caffeinated one. So, uh, and I've tried so many. Um, because what, you know, one thing I wanted to do was reduce my caffeine at least and start like mixing in like, you know, half decaf beans and half regular beans when I made coffee. Um, but it just never worked out because they all taste like just total dust and, and ash. I mean, wow. they just, they taste terrible. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have caffeine, but I, also, I actually have a pretty low tolerance for caffeine. Like, I, if I have more than about two cups of coffee in a day, I'll get kind of fevery and almost jittery. Like, I won't feel very good uh, for a while, and I'll regret it. So, um, as much as I talk about coffee, and I do, I do have coffee very frequently, but only in very small amounts. Like, I, I, I literally have a six or seven ounce cup in the morning, and then about every other day, I'll have one in the afternoon as
0: well. And that's it. Years ago, before I had kids, I, uh, and now I have like 70. I, uh, I decided to start trying to wake up early each day, uh, considerably earlier than I had been waking up so that I could go to the gym and then come back and shower and go to work. And I decided that if I was going to be doing that, and when I'm saying early for me, that was probably waking up at five in the morning. And I decided that in order to do that, Uh, I was going to give up caffeine because I wanted to make this work by going to sleep whenever my body naturally felt tired without anything messing with that. So some nights that would mean I would go to sleep at one in the morning because that's when I felt like I would fall asleep right away. And some nights because, you know, of the staying up until (laughs) very late and waking up very early, sometimes it would be like nine o'clock at night. But whenever I felt like I would fall asleep within the first few minutes of being in bed, that's when I would go to sleep. Uh, And that lasted for years uh and then when i had kids i threw all of that away so i i mean i naturally <laughs> yep. get up early now but um not not quite as early and not by choice and then i uh, i do drink caffeine now on occasion especially since hurricane sandy
2: because uh man it really helps after you have <laughs> little kids <laughs> nothing helps to wake you up like a t- nice tall manly glass of diet coke <laughs> that's right
1: one, one thing that helps too or that that i thought of just now um you know, you were saying how, you know, before you had kids you had this great schedule. Uh you you could go to sleep when you wanted. Like back when I was in college, I used to think, oh my god, I have no time. Where does the time go? <laughs> and then after college, I had this full time job for the first time and I'm like, Oh my god, I was such an asshole in college. I wasted so much time. Yes. I had all the time in the world and I just wasted it. So then the full time job. So then now uh, <laughs> now I have a kid and I, I I even work at home. I have no commute. <laughs> I have no excuse. I work from home, and I have a kid. And now I look back on the times where I had a full time job, that, without the kid. And I'm just like, oh my god, I had all the free time in the world. What did I do all night from when I got home until when I went to bed? What what, what did I? And I at the time I felt like I had no time. But now I look back. That's and every man, day for me. I was such People- an asshole. <laughs>
2: I wake up every morning wondering what I did with my day, the previous... Like, I had all the... I had an entire day yesterday. What did I do with it? I hate you. I mean, Marco, (laughs) if I could give
0: what you just said a standing ovation, I totally would. Oh, because now I know what to do with all of your free time. (laughs) Just (laughs) think of all the shit I could do. I mean, like, Dave, I have a full-time job. I do this podcast with you. I've written a couple books. I have these side projects, and I also spend time with my family, but, like, if when I didn't have kids and stuff think of all the things i could have done that i didn't do and now
2: you have the chance (laughs) to do all those things live my life for me no my problem we've talked about this before my problem is that i i do do all of those things but because there's so many things i can't ever focus on one this is a problem with being uh with having add and with being self-employed well there's that and i got like five jobs so and and with having so many talents Uh, well that's a that's a great spin on that thank you you're welcome see now
1: lex i'm looking at you saying all right i i only have one kid and it's, yes. it's, pretty <laughs> it. it's pretty tough. I wasn't going to say it. It's pretty tough. And then I'm lo- I'm thinking all right. So at some point, you know, we we do plan to have at least one more. And we're you and, and I'm thinking, yeah, me and Lex. <laughs> and and I'm thinking like, oh man, what what is that going to be like? I'm going to look back on this time and say, "Oh my god, that was so easy. I had so much free
0: time." <laughs> when when Lauren was pregnant with our second, we started thinking about that. And again, when we were pregnant with a third, it's like, you know, we have no time now how are we going to do this and think if assuming we figure out how to do it where is the time right now because it's got to be here somewhere and how are we wasting it (laughs) and yeah yeah it's uh it's unbelievable the and so i I, honestly i think while it is frustrating to me because i wish i could go back and have done more things with all that time that i clearly had available to me um write more books it's right it's also more more books about sex with blankets but um (laughs) It's it, there really is something remarkable to me about, at least with, I don't know, caring parents or, you know, people who really want to be good at these things to uh, the human ability to find that time to figure out ways that you can still not go crazy, but find the time necessary to do the things that you have to do and stuff. And so i like it. I think it's impressive about humans in general. Yeah, yeah like We make I'm it work. Like,
2: what did I do? The grass is always greener. It's like when you're when you're in a relationship, you envy your single friends. When you're single, you envy your friends who are in relationships.
0: I don't know, I'm married. I do not envy my single friends. See, I I I had that for a while,
1: like back when I was much younger. And then wh- I realized that I, that I was a good candidate for getting married. Once I started re- once I started looking and being like, "Oh my god, I hope I never have to be single again. Being single sucks so much." Cuz I was never very good at it. You know, I like, "You sound like you're pretty good at it." I was really I was really I would not say I'm good at hey, it. I've seen you in action. You I think you're pretty good at it. I was I've really heard the song's really stage. bad at it like hideously bad at it
2: i mean i guess it depends on what your goals are but if if you're good at being single you end up not being single anymore i guess that's true yeah i mean well it you're depends on what your goals are mind. if you're just going out to like you know hook up or or like date a lot of people then uh that's a different skill set and you can be good at that and remain single i would i would much rather not have to think about it anymore i've got too much other stuff going on i don't want to also have to think about dating I was
0: definitely, when I got to college, I, I knew I wanted to get into a long-term relationship because I could never really have a long-term relationship growing up because of my parents' rules about who who I was and was not allowed to date. So I went to Brandeis where everybody was Jewish, just about. So I was allowed to date anybody I wanted. Um, I, mean, I as long as they were, you know, met with all of my other parents' requirements. But the... Um, <laughs> You know, I, so I, my goal was like, I've, I've, I'm going to find the right person for this nice long-term college mature relationship, and it's going to be great. And then uh, I kept getting dumped over and over again. <laughs> um,
2: I'm laughing through, your pain, by the way.
0: That's no, that's, that's fine. fine. Uh, you know, freshman year, uh, I I don't know. I probably had, you know, seven or eight relationships, not because I was trying to, to I don't know what you even call it these days, work a good game. I don't know. Really? But, that's what you're
2: going to? I'm gonna okay. go with that
0: <laughs> the the goal was just to to you know to find that one person and i just i i kept striking out um and then uh i mean when I started dating lauren she was coming off of a a a fairly long term relationship one that she had started you know the first couple weeks of her freshman year we started dating. Uh, November of our sophomore year, and I had been finally dating a girl for several months, and so when, when Lauren first asked me out, I was buying tickets to a show that she had directed, and she said, oh, you're buying two tickets, one for you and one for Stacy." and I said, oh, no, 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 attractive woman uh, in the student center. <laughs> uh, Stacy and I broke up. Uh, this is for me and, and question mark. I don't know who else I'm going to go with, and she said, really? You guys broke up? Well, you're on the rebound. I'm on the rebound. We should go on a date for some time, and my wife will swear what to a great you now idea. that... When she said that, what a horrible idea! She said she was joking that it was. uh, She claims now that she was joking, but uh, it worked out well for me. How about for her? (laughs) She's got to get her own
2: podcast. (laughs) But uh, no, I think it worked out well for her too. Imagine being married to Lex, and and think about. I I don't mean to suggest one way or the other. (laughs) I'm just saying for you personally, if you can imagine being married to Lex,
1: well, you'd have a great supply of Diet Coke.
2: I'd probably drink coffee if I were married to Marco.
1: You kind of have. You guys, you'd make a cute couple. <laughs> You're a lot taller than me, though.
0: That'd be a little awkward. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot taller than Lauren too. There's a more than a foot between us. Oh, really? And I haven't even gotten to the height difference yet. Um, I wish I hadn't said that.
2: But yeah, she's <laughs> that she's,
0: she's five one and a half, and I'm a little over six
2: two, So it's uh, I'm a big... I'm a little over sixty. We're about the same height, and I could not date a girl who's like under five eight. Way that's too the, short. That's all right. It's it's a personal preference. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not condemning your way of life. No, I understand. And what's nice <laughs> is that
0: I, in theory, our children should be like normal height and not mutant height, one way or the other. So that's that's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> Actually, I have a question for Marco. You have, on occasion, gone what I'll call the Gruber route of retweeting. I mean, obviously, you're you're a, a very well-known person online, and there's lots of people who follow you on Twitter, famous on the internet, right? And you've gone to you've retweeted. Uh, Critical comments, not just critical like, Marco, I disagree with this thing you said, but ones that are intentionally being uh, dickish or insulting or whatever else. Uh, The one that always sticks out in my mind is from, uh, I think it was from a Macworld uh, Expo, whatever it's called now, where, why would I know, where you (laughs) said, uh, somebody said, like, uh, Marco is balder in person or something like that, and you retweeted it. And so what I always wonder is what the thought process is behind retweeting Stuff like that. What's 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 the thought that goes into that? Well, part of it is to kind of uh, defuse it a little, like
1: to you know, you take control of that, you you own it, and it it kind of gives you power. You know, people do this all the time with with like racial slurs and and other you know words that are used against people. Sometimes they will take those words and take over and and start using them themselves and and kind of take over the meaning of them and, and the control of them. So part of it is that kind of mechanic of like you know. This is kind of crazy. I want to, you know, I want to defuse this a little bit by owning it. And and the other part of it, the much bigger part, is that some of these things are just so ridiculous. Like, I, I some of them are just funny, like, and usually unintentionally. So, like, some of them are just <laughs> hilarious. And some of them, like, that one, I think, was was a particular example where, like, you look at it and you're like, why would anybody ever say this to somebody? Right. And, like, it's kind, of like it's kind Monday. of like, that to me is kind of funny in a very awkward way. Like, it's like, I just can't believe that, that there's somebody out there who thought it would be a good idea to say this thing to somebody else. And th- th- that's usually what makes me retweet these things is, you know, just to me, I get I get a lot of humor and almost redemption after the insult. Like, I get humor out of that. Like, I'm able to laugh at it by just how ridiculous it is <laughs> like, that some people, like, they don't, like, you'd never say something like that to somebody in person. Right. You know, and, but what people will say online to some random Twitter handle is very different than being in person even if i guess they were sitting behind me or something who knows um but yeah
2: it's like what if they did though what if somebody walked up to you at a conference and said something like that right to your face what do you do what do you how do you well, respond i
1: mean the kind of conferences i go to i guess I wouldn't be that surprising um <laughs> 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 but uh but no i you know i i don't i, I guess i'd say yeah thanks you know <laughs> I,
2: I guess I'd, what conferences are you going to <laughs> Well, I'm not allowed no, to he's say it like
0: that. Here. No, nerd, when you go to these nerdy podcasts, that you expect at least some percentage of people are v- not well
2: versed in social graces. I, but yeah, but not people who are just going to be assholes and come up to you and, and say awful, mean things. Well,
1: but, but part of that, you know, like like children will often say things that are really mean, but just because they're direct, and that and adults would try to dance around that or not say it or not call attention to it. Um, you know, because because children haven't developed that social maturity yet. Uh, well, a lot of adults have that same problem. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of it, a lot of that does not go away with age. With some people, and uh, sometimes it's culture. Are,
2: the, D- the Dutch are very much like that too. That's
1: true. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of cultures have different rules about about like the filters that you put on on what you say and what you point out and how you say it. Um, but certainly at a at a programming conference, uh, I think it's more likely than not. <laughs> it's more likely than in the general public that you will run into people who who have uh, poorly set filters or maybe maybe a a poor grasp on social norms say that's that being said you know i bet i bet that differs depending on what the conference is like if it's like a java conference versus hmm. a you know like the mac conference i feel like we're kind of the cool people
2: <laughs> i think every group <laughs> says that but i agree with
1: you you think i mean do you think like the asp.net people you think they actually think they're the cool people
2: uh, would they be doing it if they didn't that's a paycheck well i guess there are a lot of people in the world who work for the money rather than because they actually give a shit. So yeah, maybe I'll give you that. But one. no, I, you know, I'm thinking about it I'm because th- I know
0: ASP.net developers right? and I, I feel like that they're probably in that mindset where, uh, these people jumping onto these new hip fads, like, I don't know, PHP are <laughs> very new the, and very hip. Thank right, you. Right, Exactly. <laughs> that they're, the, they're the crazy ones. It's, you know, I, I do feel like there's this, I think it's the same thing that affects us when we're driving where When you cut somebody off or when you make a mistake, it's, it's, you know, I, this had to happen or this was unintended or I'm not doing it because I'm a dick. I'm doing it because I really am in a hurry right now. But when anybody else does those things to you, it is because they're a horrible person. I feel like we, that's, I I feel like driving really brings it out more than anything else. But I feel like part of human nature is that, yes, the ASP.NET developers totally feel that they are the cool ones at their conferences.
2: That's really sad.
0: I know. They
2: they, they are wrong. When I hear ASP.NET, what is it? Yeah, I think yes. it's an all capital. ASP? Yes, ASP.net. <laughs> so you have to say it louder. ASP.net. That's net. Right. ASP. When I when I hear that or I hear people who don't do what we do, I just assume that maybe they went to a bad school or <laughs> it's it's like when I see people at like uh, at restaurants or something, casual restaurants where people have their phones sitting out, or on airplanes, people have their phone sitting on the the tray and it's not an iPhone.
1: Yeah, it's some like big chunky blackberry or something.
2: Yeah, I just assume that those people are poor. Like I don't think of it in terms of taste, or they made a decision. I just assume that they didn't have the money for an iPhone. And I don't mean to like project it that way. I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just what happens in my head.
1: See, I picture it yeah. as like you know, I, I actually have a scar on my head from when I from when I <laughs> slipped from when I, I slipped on the ice at a college house party my freshman year and was so incredibly drunk and I slipped on the ice and, and hit my head and you know it bled a lot. That's my one weird story from college, but. Um, so I have the scar on my head from this one stupid thing I did you know, 10 years ago, whenever that was. So, uh, you're, you're on this show and you're not describing like the consistency
2: or amount of blood.
1: It wasn't that big of a deal. I, I, <laughs> I packed snow onto it and had my roommate walk me back and <laughs> it was Meadville, Pennsylvania. There's there's more snow than anything else in, in that. There's more snow than air in that place. Um, so huh. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess, where, you know, where did you go to school? Meadville, Pennsylvania, tool city. <laughs>
2: Wow. No. It's actually, I grew up in Pennsylvania. Wait, wait, like where tools are made, it. or yeah. oh, like not just a bunch of tools. Who, okay,
1: yeah, yeah channel lock tools were were or are based there, and uh, so is dad's dog food. So every few days, if the wind was blowing in a certain direction, the college campus and the entire town would smell like dried, you know, the bit like round pellet dog food.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: that was fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like you know when people take out that BlackBerry and stick it on the airplane tray table, I feel like. That's like rather than they're poor or they have bad taste. I feel like that's like their scar of regret that at one time within the last eighteen months or so they went into a cell phone store and the salesman actually convinced them to buy that, and they went in kind of saying, "Oh, maybe I'll check out you know the iPhone or something." And nope, the you know the salesman had some kind of deal where he wanted to push X phone and they pushed that and th- and now this person is walking around with in shame taking this phone out and saying, "Oh." <laughs> I'm so sorry, world. Like, I, I I got this. It was a mistake. It was a one-time thing.
0: I'll never do it again. I'll, I will be more careful <laughs> next time. See, I'm a horrible enough person that when I see the people on the airplane who take out the iPhone or the iPad or the MacBook Air or Pro, that I think, you know, I'll, I'll judge them and think, you know, you might have gotten the iPad or maybe you have the MacBook Pro, but you don't really deserve
2: it. You're not, <laughs> you're not one you, of us.
0: I can see from from your briefcase that you don't really get it. Like, you got it because you thought it was cool, but you're not really in the crowd. You could, like you could have a 3GS at most.
2: Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, like, anything pre-retina is okay. I'm going to guess you're running Snow Leopard on that thing. <laughs> they probably run Linux.